0: and matthias and we welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystems experts and platform founders. Our goal here is to uncover what they learned and help you launch and scale platforms, marketplaces and business ecosystems.
1: Welcome, guests, to our next episode of our podcast, Platforms for Future. In today's episode, Natalie and myself are welcoming Malte managing director of Test Exchange. Test Exchange is Europe's leading marketplace for industrial testings and helps product companies to find providers for testing, inspection, and certification services. Kind of revolutionizing the testing industry. There are about fifty thousand laboratories in Europe, and about 7,000 of them are on the platform right now. Today, we will talk about a special theme, marketplace-enabled software-as-a-service. So how a marketplace can be a complementary value proposition for software companies. We will also go deeper into chicken-egg problem-solving for complex services, deeper value propositions than just matchmaking as a key for B2B platforms, blockchain, and, of course, sustainability. Happy to welcome Malte. Let's start with our episode. Happy, happy to have you here in our conversations, Malte, and um, happy to join the conversation with Natalie too. And um, yeah, maybe as a quick intro and as a quick start, maybe you can introduce yourself to the audience and also explain in your words what is Test Exchange.
2: Yes, hello, thank you, Matthias. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me and to talk about Test Exchange and our learnings. Um, yeah i'm i'm um, really fascinated about engineering and technology and that is also my background uh and the core of of test exchange i've i'm a trained mechanical engineer uh working um in test engineering for a long time uh in research in automotive industry even uh, at the porsche research and uh development center uh, testing some transmissions, later emissions and materials. I later on built up uh, my own material uh, lab based on a new testing method that I developed with uh, friends and partners of mine in the research institutions. And um, yeah, that gave birth to Test Exchange, the marketplace for the testing industry. And um, yeah, happy to go into details and look at uh, how we're doing this and uh, why we are. Um, so convinced that this is this is something that was missing in this industry
1: great um, um, can you maybe a little bit more explain what exchange in detail is doing and how it helps the maybe consumers and producers of the marketplace or on the platform, and also a little bit about your history, so how have you started and uh, how have you gone from zero to today
2: yeah, sure so Testing is not something that everybody knows, um, but probably everybody needs in some way. So every product, every physical product that we use, would it be cars or phones or hair dryers, whatever, needs some sort of testing before it can go to the market um that is because there's regulations there's laws that um producers have to fulfill there's also performance questions that uh, the manufacturers need to clarify so of course if you drive a car and you drive it to finland and it's minus 35 degrees you're of course expecting your car to start and open the door properly and that uh, needs to be tested before that product can go into sales right and so This affects all of us, and there's a a large number of, um, of test labs out there that, um, cater to this, um, to these clients, as, for example, car makers or, you know, Apple phone makers and so on. Um, and, um, we connect the two sides with our marketplace. We connect the manufacturers to the test labs because it's not always clear. Um, where and uh, and which um, company would be the best choice for the project uh, at hand, and um, maybe a little bit to our to our history yeah just um, quickly pointed out I uh, built up my own lab in the beginning, and I was not happy with many aspects of how interaction works with the clients and about the transparency of this market and so that gave birth to, um, to our platform. And you already mentioned quickly, it's, it's, uh, it's more than a marketplace because these, um, these services are quite complex. It's a, a complicated technical problem. And so it's not, um, as easy to ch- uh, choose and find the right supplier as it might be with hotels or, you know, consumer goods that you just want to buy.
0: So in fact um you're uh, talking very rightly about those two uh, uh communities uh, or stakeholders types of stakeholders that you are connecting mm-hmm. on one hand the manufacturing uh or the manufacturers which uh, is the demand side. And on the other hand, Mm -hmm. the test labs, which is the offering, uh, the offer side. And obviously the um, uh, very uh, well-known problem or headache that we have in that case is how do we solve that chicken and egg problem? Do we, how do we onboard the demand side. How do we onboard uh, the uh, offer side, and how uh, do we coordinate uh, uh, the network effects and make sure that they feed into each other? Can you tell us a bit more about how you approach this?
2: Absolutely. Yes. So in the in the very beginning. Before even launching our marketplace, we built up a database with the, the supply side, all the labs. And we needed to do this because, as I said, those are complex services and it's not uh, obvious to the demand side, the clients, who does what, uh, what kind of testing. And so we built up this... A very large database today comprising more than 7,000 labs and listing for each individual lab um, mostly a couple hundreds of um, test methods that they actually offer. And um, today, this is of course growing by itself, but in the beginning, this was uh, our effort. And we um, were looking for this information and uh, compiling it into a structured form in a database. And that was also our way of um, solving this chicken-egg problem. We um, put this offering site online in, um, in a way that all these, these labs have something like a storefront, something like an online presence on our marketplace. And the demand side could find, uh, find those, um, those labs by um, browsing through our, our website. And that is how we you know, grew the demand side. And at the same time, having the offering offering side uh, listed, uh, we could um, we call this onboard uh, these labs by um, forwarding real requests for business to to these labs, and this is I think a quite elegant. Um, an effective way of growing both both sides, because of course, if you come uh, with an actual offer to a lab and tell them, "Hey, this is, we're a test exchange, we are a marketplace, and uh, here's a client that is looking for something that you are offering. Would you like to to um, take part?" That was a easy pitch, uh, mostly, and we can we were able to to grow the the supply set quite quickly, actually. Yes,
0: yeah, so you you made very easy uh the onboarding for the uh, for the labs for the offering side in mm-hmm. fact they had all, at the beginning they had a, probably almost nothing to do
2: exactly uh, they didn't have to do anything we just came with a real offer and um and connected the two sides um and then uh, after a while when they got interested and you know accepted our terms and say hey this is great let's uh, let's work together then of course we invited um, everybody to um, take over the the profile and edit the profile and extend it and improve it and add more information and this is how this is now a user curated database if you want and people are uh, uploading quite a bit of information and correcting and putting emphasis on things they want to offer taking out maybe things that they're not so interested in offering and so this is something that gets better every day and of course the clients love this um this fact that because they have been working with their own kind of a tool to keep track of what their suppliers do um and this could be like an excel sheet for example that is always outdated if you want and um so we we you know kind of have um, I think much better offering already today for for that problem
1: Sounds very good. So it's really a kind of a, a kind of a, a kickstart. So you researched all the labs, entered them, and then you created the kind of a matchmaking platform. But today you are much more than matchmaking. So you're not just facilitating finding each other, What what else do you do today?
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, finding a, a, a lab is not um, the, the biggest problem. Maybe. maybe it could be one of the problems in the beginning, but um, one of the things that happens in these testing projects is that the collaboration between, let's say, a larger client, an automotive maker, maybe, or an aerospace company working together with or contracting a small lab, because those are usually smaller kind of companies, you know, call this Mittelstand in, in Germany, right? Maybe 20, 50, 100 people or so, not, not huge corporates, uh, usually. And so, if these two sides work together, then of course the the lab is um not able to provide um the perfect tools that such clients would love to to use, meaning you know getting a status, for example, on our testing project or um, entering automatically entering data that is produced in the lab into the ERP or any other system that maybe the engineers use is not um so uh, common as we might expect this and uh, that is also one of my personal experiences that uh, we had to invest quite a lot of time uh, for our clients in order to to do things that didn't have to be done uh, in synchronous in a synchronous way so for example our clients would call us up uh, or try to call us and they wouldn't reach us uh, just for asking one you know, small question, for example, a status of uh, of, of the project that could be um, absolutely be, um, you know, put into a dashboard on the platform, um, and then you know people are informed right away. We don't have to uh, speak about this via the phone. And so our um, initial um, idea of this platform and the vision absolutely comprises more than uh, a marketplace much more because we're, we're offering a real software for collaboration between those, uh, those two parties on, of, of the market.
0: And, and of course, uh, uh, this enables you to monetize uh, the services, uh, I guess. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your monetization strategy? For example... Absolutely, yes. S- sorry, Matt. Uh, so, for example, uh, um, is the matchmaking... Uh, payable or are you charging more for these, those intelligence, uh, and software services? How do you handle this?
2: Yes, that depends of what the client needs. So if we help the client to find a new lab, uh, we monetize this with a commission model. So basically we're, um, matchmaking a lab to a customer and we get paid by the lab with a commission on that, uh, on that um, business that is done. We also monetize in a classic license fee model our software that we are improving and building still, um, meaning that if the two parties have been working together already for um, some time and they're not actually looking so the client is not looking for a new lab but he's looking for improving his way of working with that lab, then uh, we charge both sides to pay um, us via via license fee for using our Our um, software.
1: This is this is a this is a very interesting um, kind of strategy and also way how you came up with this whole thing. So sometimes when we collaborate with companies and corporates, they start as a software company. They have a software. They have a on-premise software. They move the software into the cloud, and now they're thinking about how can I build on top a marketplace. You. Came the other way around. It's just, it's, you started as a marketplace and say, Hey, there's much more than uh, matchmaking. There's a lot of more inefficiency in the market. We can, we can remove why, why are we offering a great software helping to coordinate all of those test efforts and whatever and test. Yeah. Ways of testing, et cetera. So, uh, it's, it's, it's a really interesting approach. How do you see both, let's say business models, the, the software business model, like you mentioned, you uh, offer as a, uh, for licenses and the other way, the, the marketplace where you monetize via matchmaking. How those two are uh, really play together?
2: We, th- we think this both sides will be probably equal, like an equal, um, strong revenue source for us because we uh, already see that, um, for our clients, it's really important to not only find the right lab, but also to be able to get the contracting part of this, um, of these projects done quickly. The contracting part, meaning choosing the right lab and then, uh, and then starting the project. Um, and that could also be if they already have uh, options and they have partners where they could be do the testing. So we see ourselves moving into um a direction where we offer more more services from our side, more technical services also. Um, so we can really quickly quote on actual projects for the client and help him to get the right partner contracted. And we even move into a, if you want, a subcontracting mode where we act as a virtual lab, using all our, our lab partners as um, our resources, and but offering... Um, our clients a service where we are one single supplier to this company. So that is uh, an additional service that um, has a great potential and that has developed really well in this year especially. Um, but of course, as the software side grows and um, gets more features, gets uh, more depth, more vertical integration into both companies, um, the more we can, of course... Charge for the service and this added value, and so really see this as um, equally important to our platform.
1: Yeah, so I can imagine that the marketplace is also and the marketplace and the software plays very well together in a T-shaped way. So the marketplace is kind of. Uh, the horizontal view about all verticals and as you mentioned also on your website that you're covering all kinds of tests um, for automotive, for whatever medical product and so on. So there's so a lot of different kinds of tests. So you have a broad overview about what is happening in the whole test market. And then you maybe see also where are the biggest inefficiencies for each vertical, because I think each vertical has also some kind of specifics. So uh, a, a medicine test is completely different than, uh, than an iPhone product test or whatever. So, uh, or other laboratories are maybe required. Um, so maybe you have to also adjust your software a little bit, customize the software depending a little bit on the vertical. Um, so you also see, Where's the biggest inefficiency? And then you can better prioritize the development of your software in this way.
2: Yeah, that is absolutely correct. And that is, I think, one of the strengths also that we already provide to to the market, that we do have this uh, large variety of different um, tests, testing areas, t- different uh, industries and uh, just as you pointed out, the the need for a collaboration software is uh, different in those different industries. And it's very pronounced, for example, in testing electronics, um, just as um, mobile phones, for example. But now, even more important in the future will be connected devices. Um, that's very uh, complex to test. A huge amount of tests needs to be done. A lot of uh, regulations need to be fulfilled. And here, our software is... Um, um, giving a lot of value because um, if you test such a device you know today toasters have a have a bluetooth m- module right or or um, refrigerators all these home appliances or any a component for cars or, or or other vehicles and have some sort of a connectivity and um, to test this, the software can really help to to get the test planning um, done faster, to get overview and status of the testing uh, and t- to save a lot of money and a lot of effort uh, on that side. And But in other industries, you mentioned uh, medical um, devices this year, of course, the personal protective equipment, face masks and gloves and all these things are a huge topic during the pandemic. Of course, the testing of these things is more manual and um, it's also could be done quicker. And here, our service of providing an overview and uh, quoting fast and getting the contract um, in place quickly is a huge advantage to to our clients in in that industry.
0: And and in fact, uh, uh, you're talking uh, – what you're mentioning – is a very important topic, Uh, 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 it's also the responsibility. So because those tests are uh, very, uh, well, not only legally required, but also very important, specifically when we're talking about uh, medical devices, um, I guess this, how do you handle this whole uh, responsibility element, not only for Um, data protection, for example, RTPD, et cetera, but also maybe responsibility of the result or how do you manage the um, uh, security of results and, you know, von falsification, for example? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's a really very important topic. That's true. Um, And it starts probably with making sure that the providers that we um, offer have a high standard uh, of quality that is in parts... um, ensured uh, by the fact that um, most uh, important um, labs have a, a lab accreditation there's a management system in place in this in these labs um, and If you want to, for example, sell face masks in Europe, especially the the filtering face masks, for example, there's special rules and a certificate you need for that. Um, And yes, there's a lot of falsification done with that. But if you do the testing at an accredited lab that is actually accredited for this type of test they're doing, then you can make sure that the quality of testing has the standard that is needed by the law and uh, the rules applied in the EU. Um, of course, and we've seen this so much this year, there is a lot of falsification with certificates. So people just, you know, start to uh, falsify the actual document, the paper, basically. Um, that is. Actually, not that complicated to avoid these problems. If you, um, check out the number of the certificate and then, you know, go back and see who, who did this. Does it actually exist? Um, and if it doesn't exist, then you can say, sorry, but this is, um, not sufficient for selling this in, in our market. And, and this way protecting the consumers. And as, as I, as I told you, we have seen so many of these, Falsified um, certificates. That it's actually very important to to take a um, deeper look into into those things and see what's on the market. And and even so, we have seen some interesting products in the market. Also,
0: yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting for oh, it's very important for your customers, obviously, but it's also very important for your platform and and uh, it's uh, it's uh, oh, the the element the 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 trust that. Uh, Customers will have in your platform. So it's both those angles, I suppose.
2: Absolutely. That's a key element to the platform, the trust issue, especially in this industry. And not only because of the personal safety of all of all of us uh, um, using these products, but also from the customer view, it's just too important for, for most customers to get this right. In the, at, in the first um, shot, basically, I mean, if we're talking about an automotive company testing, let's say uh, a, a real light of uh, uh, some vehicle that is built several hundred thousand times per year and you have two real lights or three, maybe, then, of course, you want to make sure that this, this product is not failing um, and of course this would be a huge cost if if it if it did but also the actual testing of this product is very expensive it can be hundreds of thousands of euros so yes trust is is of um, highest importance and uh, we're making sure that uh, we fulfill this by for example um showing all the necessary accreditations and by providing a secure environment on on our website of course
1: and um, platforms have also other uh, opportunities or, or options to implement those trust mechanics, as we call them, uh, like filters, reviews, etc. So uh, as a laboratory, maybe can uh, give a false certificate or whatever, but uh, maybe the reviews from the users can be not... Uh, yeah manipulated by them because they are on your platform is this something you also have implemented kind of a review mechanics or other trust mechanics just to ensure that you not only rely on the information you get from the supplier
2: yes we are building that up uh, and 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 uh, it, that is of course um, a classic um, tool that is used especially in the b2c um, environment to be seen because people of course trust opinions of other people quite a bit um, we uh we call that or we consider that a more s- uh, soft approach to um to provide to the user because as i said if you are contracting a accredited laboratory then there is no such thing as manipulating data as, especially it's not only a pdf you're getting um, it's very usual that the clients also request raw data from the actual measurements um, and those are calibrated measuring instruments, um, and so that is really something uh, more uh, unlikely. I would say that uh, data gets falsified in the lab, for example. Um, but it is a, a great tool for a platform to offer you know the experiences of of other clients um, on soft factors, just as how was responsiveness, maybe um, how how was um, the, the project dealt with, were they on time, did they deliver exactly what they were promising and these things, right? Which are maybe just as important to a customer as um, the more hard facts like data on measuring the, the object.
1: So so the the point I wanted to make here is also coming back to our model we always use to explain the value proposition of a platform. So we have this understanding of a value stack. So you have three layers in the platform. Yeah, you have to create strong capabilities um, to provide a user of the platform uh, a strong value proposition and uh, the three layers are the engagement layer, the intelligence layer with the data and also the infrastructure layer. And here I also see, of course, the explained trust mechanisms like reviews and, and ratings, etc. Those are more on a engagement level, so on the top level. But you with your software you created, you are very strong now also on the intelligence layers, on the data layer. So you you are you have more visibility because people are using your software in the cloud to orchestrate everything. So you have real data from the real world. You're not only relying on the data from the user. Um, and so you can complement the user data with your let's say software data and give really better recommendation is this something uh you utilize right now or maybe have plans to utilize further in the future
2: yes so we we already see this coming our way especially from the automotive industry that there's a high demand for um data protection and um uh, confidentiality and there's a there's a standard for this for the automotive industry implementing quality standards ISO 16949 uh, where you have to ensure that all parties involved um, are safe in terms of there's no data leakage and no there can be no problem issues with um, confidentiality. That is something we are already offering as, of course, um, SSL encrypted environment, which is um, safe for the user today. But what we are still building up and uh, which will be more important in the future is digital Um, for the two sides that are involved only to be uh, decrypted, basically. That is something we we, we do not offer yet, but uh, we see that um, could be more important in the future. And of course, even today, this is a, a great step forward because we do see a lot of the communication that goes from clients to labs and the other way going through unencrypted emails with attachments that actually need to be protected. Um, and that raises the question, like, what is the status quo today? And uh, where can we, we really develop, deliver some more value? And I think I just pointed out where. So that is something uh, where we can um, increase the value we add quite a bit in the future.
1: So talking about the future, so you mentioned en- encryptions, et cetera. So do you also think about blockchain or do you see blockchain technology, decentralization, etc. cetera? You also as a, as a future technology, which can continue to provide a value here. Or do you think, yeah, we tested it and, yeah, just the real clear benefit, the clear real value we can't really see right now. That. Um, that, that
2: could be. I think that it's a very interesting technology that could be used, especially if we look at sharing data with other parties. Um, for example, um, I, in my lab, have experienced this quite a bit that different clients ask for the same product to be tested. And of course, the um, result is the same or similar. Um, and so... We could think into the future building up databases of um, testing results for example for materials there's companies out there already that build this um, and to make sure that everything which is in there is correctly um, is correctly treated and tested blockchain could be one of the could be one of the fundamental technologies used here um I don't know if our industry today and the way we we operate is (laughs) yet prepared for uh, technologies of that kind just because this industry is quite under digitalized right now and so we have to catch up building basic things and uh, i think we're already building the infrastructure for this market uh, and this industry by what we are what we're offering and so there's a way to go but Absolutely. Blockchain could be something that uh, can be of importance in the future.
0: And, and so do you see uh, uh, some uh, specific challenges moving forward? Like, for example, the maybe lack of digitalization of the industry that still needs to catch up? Uh, or, or maybe, uh, you know, other challenges that you've identified in your kind of uh, uh, trajectory uh, of development?
2: Absolutely. Rolling out our marketplace on onto a global scale is not trivial. We see that there's so many different markets. Um, there's so many different ways of um, running and operating a lab in, in different uh, countries and just the sheer task of Compiling all this data about um, all the labs is not as easy as uh, it might uh, sound. So um, there's quite a bit of work to do. And the under digitalization is, of course, not helping so much because um, it's, it's just unheard of for some clients to log into uh, a dashboard and uh, shoot the uh, the message to your to your lab via that dashboard and then attaching you know documents to that even though it's so much easier and so much safer. Um, I mean we 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 do things like supporting Internet Explorer 11 for example right now because I mean and this is I don't know how old this is probably ten years old or so. And um, just because our partners use that program still, um, and so you you can see that there's some some work to be done Um, but i think we have been lucky and and really fortunate of um, being received quite well in the market Uh, also on the side from the labs because uh, of course the platform also uh, could be seen as a potential problem for that market right
0: yeah they could see you as a shortcutting them but in fact it sounds like you're adding a lot more value uh, to to this ecosystem and and actually structuring the ecosystem and uh, yeah and I guess the the regulations also will vary uh, regulations for testing will vary per country or at least maybe uh, you know in Europe and then Asia in the US so you will have also that element uh, that will uh, uh, probably be another challenge
2: absolutely yeah i mean access to markets for manufacturers is um is a huge topic um so the same product that they sell in europe and europe is quite a big single market um could pose quite a problem if it's supposed to be sold in brazil or in egypt maybe or in you know these countries that are not part of the eu or maybe the north american market or a- asia let's say china and so um, and that is also something that we can um, absolutely provide and help finding the right partner for those markets um, and uh, thus reducing the time to market for, for manufacturers, with it, which is a key, a key element for their success, of course, to get this done quickly. Um, so that is um, so something we hear quite a bit from our customers.
1: And talking about uh, regulations, norms, et cetera, something we all, witness right now is the awareness around sustainability and uh, the awareness about what can we do better for our planet and our environment. So I assume also the, let's say the norms and the regulations out there for testing products or testing uh, things. Um, include more and more those kind of aspects regarding sustainability and, and, and the impact to the, to the environment. Is this also something what you see? And then how do you react on this? How can you support this? Can you also kind of state how your marketplace or how your software helps to create a better environment, a better, a better planet we are living in?
2: Absolutely. Yes, Uh, we do see the regulations getting um, more restricted uh, almost every month, basically, because we are passing laws and rules um, that make products more sustainable. And then that leads to more testing, plus to go all the way back uh, to our conversation, all of a sudden, maybe the client doesn't know who's actually offering that new kind of test for that new kind of rule that is uh, that was just applied um, and yes we we absolutely see ourselves also as being part of a larger problem that's affecting everybody and is so important to us to to work on uh, sustainability and i think we as a platform are helping also in in this aspect for example by um making sure that the testing gets done more locally uh, i mean we have such a globalized uh, supply chain in in some areas um that it's just normal for clients to you know bring a product from china and then test it here and then send it back to china for example just because it's the the traditional way that worked um so far very well but um we with our um global footprint now of, of partner labs can absolutely offer to do the testing of maybe a larger product um that is produced in China, do the testing also in China because it's later on built or into a product that is assembled in China, right? So it really doesn't make sense to send this around the world and then send it back. And that is I think quite an, an important part of where we can we well, can help out. Plus, of course, another aspect is that offering a better market transparency also gives the client the possibility to choose a more sustainable, um, a more sustainable partner in whatever way. So, for example, if he um, can choose between two labs and one is offering um, testing methods that are just less energy. And, uh, uh energy intensive then you know he could be relying on that partner and fulfill his his own goals uh, in terms of sustainability easier than before
0: do you think that's a a reality in the demand of the customers at this point or maybe it's a, a nice to have considering where they are at uh, in terms of digitalization of all those processes. Uh, and, you know, it's more of a, uh, it will become more of a priority moving forward, but maybe not as strong today.
2: Yes, it, that's the, that's, that's true. It is, it is not the priority number one, absolutely not. And that is um, a problem of course, for all of us, because it's, you know, all these little parts that play into working on in a more sustainable world. Um, but I'm pointing out that we are able to offer um, such services if they get the priority. And of course, that is probably up to legislation or internal rules within the clients to actually make that happen. That is not something we can do for them, but we can help and you know, offering the infrastructure and the possibilities via our platform. But yes, uh, digitalization in general and, and other topics that we discussed today are. Of higher priority especially time to market and you know, getting things done fast
0: it, it, it will become uh, you're talking about regulation it's becoming more and more important for uh manufacturers to uh to measure the carbon footprint of their products because uh, uh some of them will have to actually uh, uh, give that information to the consumer uh, but um yeah probably that there are some other priorities also, like efficiency, like cost, etc. At this point, exactly. But it true. is nice to see you embedding that choice in the in the platform.
1: And this is also what we see uh, right now. So a lot of companies out there claim they want to be CO two neutral or maybe uh, kind of positive until in the next three years or whatever to so turn turn this around. But when you talk to B two B. Uh, partners, then it's still very, very low, this, those ambitions. Uh, and so I think it's a clear strength of our governments to come up with those laws and push them into this direction. So, uh, I think this is absolutely necessary when you, uh, when you look and talk to all those b b companies. Um, Malta, this was really a, brilliant insight into your whole world of testing etc and then how this works and also how you build up this marketplace and also turn this into a into a software business and how both worlds can really um, yeah evolve each other play well together each other and can can yeah can support each other to to make this really really strong I also learned a, a little bit more about Trust, especially in your environment and, um, how you build up trust and that also with your software, you can, um, yeah, can support the trust mechanisms of your platform, of your marketplace and also that sustainability plays a more and more important role. Um, so thank you very much from our, from my side or from our side. Um, good. From our side to to join this conversation (laughs) and, um, Maybe you can have a, again, this conversation in one year or, or so, and then let's have a look how you continue to, to enter the world, as you mentioned, you want to go global. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Yeah, it was my pleasure and thank you very much for inviting me. It's, it's always, um, beautiful to, to share what, what one is doing and, uh, to be honest, the uh, testing and certification industry is not something that is on everybody's mind all the time. <laughs> so we're, we're happy to, to share a little bit of insights here. And yeah, it would be great to, to talk in, in the future and see how things were going. And if we could um, contribute a little bit to um the digitalization of that of that industry testing and
1: certification. um yeah but before we leave we always ask our guests about a, 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 a final a final question and um this is about maybe you as an executive as a leader as the as the as the founder of test exchange you have gone through a lot of ups and downs i believe and uh so you as a leader what what would be your key advice to other leaders especially regarding platforms. Uh, what should they consider? What should they have in mind? Or what Yeah, what would be you, your advice?
2: Mm-hmm. So building up a platform in a marketplace, I think is by definition mm, a complicated thing because you have to build these two sides. And it's not, not only the, the chicken-egg problem, it's just more complex to take care of mm, several sides um and so if we have um, experienced that uh, you have to try a lot of things uh, until you find the way to be successful and that that's hard that's it's entiring uh, and, and you have to put a lot of um effort and a lot of patience also into this especially in b2b markets i think it takes a little bit of time and so i you know would ask everybody to be a little bit patient uh, tr- you know be consistent and um, follow your plan, but also be open and flexible enough to try other things, maybe even in parallel. Uh, even though, of course, other parties might always say, like, you have to focus on one thing and you have to do this. And then, um, and then you maybe fail with doing this, right? So I think it's really important to stay flexible, try many things and be patient and um i know that is uh, probably a classic advice that maybe everybody gives but i think it is really not um this can't be stressed enough how important the team is and how um it's the team that is actually building this and so i think it's it's really worth um trusting your gut feeling with the people you work with and then taking care of of them uh, quite a bit and and um foster and work on being an actual team that pulls forward. I think that is really the key of, of being successful. And that is not nothing new, uh, right, really, but <laughs> it's still true for,
1: for us. Actually. This sounds written really like a great from, <laughs> a from a test marketplace to say, yes, when you, Enter or when you when you start realizing your 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 vision, then go out and test. So test 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 your assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's right. Uh, very uh, thank you very much for for joining us and yeah, uh, looking forward to the next conversations
2: next. Thank you and good luck and all the best to you guys.
1: Thank you. Thank you, much.